is up, guys, and welcome to the special episode of Guadagni Vision, the first ever podcast dedicated to Paraguayan football in English. As always, I'm Roberto Rojas, and joining me are my three great co-hosts, Federico Perez, Ralph Hanna, and Maria Britos. And guys, here we are yet again. We're all wearing the Albert Roja. We're here on another international break, another World Cup qualifying process as Paraguay look to continue their quest to qualify for the World Cup in North America as they have two games in Argentina against the world champions and then hosting Bolivia at the Defensores next week. And what better way to assess it with all three of us here? And yeah, it's, it's going to be big. It's obviously a huge deal, especially as we're coming in really on a day on, on a month, essentially when Paraguay were awarded the world cup, they're going to be playing the world cup in Paraguay in the next, I'm trying to think now seven years in 2030, but nevertheless, we still want to go to one beforehand as this team from now a new manager in Danny Garnedo looks to achieve that. So let's let's get everyone's reactions to this. Let's go to Fede first. Um, you know, certainly being there in Paraguay. It's been a an interesting last couple of weeks, I would say, Fede, for for football in itself. And now all these this attention is shifted towards the national team. I just wanted to know your vibes and your feelings uh 48 hours before that game against Argentina in, in Buenos Aires. Yeah, hi, Roberto. Hi to Ralph. Hi to Maria. Hi to everyone that's always uh, following these episodes, these preview episodes that we're doing. Uh, just as always, Paraguay is playing in these qualifiers, now against Argentina and then Bolivia. Well, the hype is, uh, is there, you know, the, I think it was very important to press that reset button uh, from from the FA and bring in another coach, uh, reset the... The, the players also in a certain way, you know, that we have new players. We're going to read the list in a bit. And there are new faces. There are players that people wanted to see, like Alan Barreda, just to throw a name out there. So there are people that are looking into these two games like, hey, we might see something different. And we have a whole bunch of injured players that were on the first two games that are not going to be available for these uh, upcoming two matches. So we'll see what Garnero does, really, with the team, what his strategy is going to be behind it. Uh, I know Ralph has been on this coach several times uh, on this show when he was managing Libertad, so I want to hear his take on what's coming up for Garnero. He's had a he has a big task ahead of him, but you know when you set that reset button on on a locker room like this one, I think it's just great, Robert. I think it comes right on time, and I'm really looking forward to these two games. I'm really looking forward to the Daniel Garnero era that starts right now. It really is going to be very interesting. And Ralph, I wanted to obviously go into you, like Feather had mentioned, because normally when teams do change coaches during these processes, it can be a bit unstable. You know, usually, you know, we're accustomed to it, as you know, following this team for so many years that we are prone to changes when things aren't going right. But in this case, you know, the fact that it was done early and while many people can view it as like a crisis saying, oh, what's Paraguay doing? Why are they changing their coach? You know, literally two games out of an 18 game process. You look at the circumstances that happened beforehand, and then you look at who comes in, and you think, okay, it's a more sensible choice because Danny Garnetto obviously has had the experience managing in Paraguay. He's won titles. He knows a lot of these players. Some of them he even gave him his debut. So it, it, it makes perfect sense in a way that coming into this game, and I guess what a better test than to play against the world champions in their home ground, it's it's a good opportunity and to show his his capability as a as a national team manager. Yeah, I think what you're saying about it makes sense is it, it, you have now a coach that has not just coached in Paraguay for a long time, but he knows like a lot of these players because he was at Olympia and he was at Libertad, uh, also Guarani and Sol, but Olympia and Libertad, two of the biggest clubs, they've produced a lot of players. Some of them are abroad now. 
So I think he already has, he comes in maybe knowing quite a lot of the players, and I think that gives him a good foundation. Whereas with Baros Kelotto coming in from afar and trying to implement his own method and it wasn't working because they weren't getting the results, I think it was hard to get the players on board. So now you have this, like Fede calls it, the reset, and I think people will be quite, I think the players themselves will be quite happy to to work with him. Uh, but the big question, yeah, the big question is how do we do it tactically? Like, is he going to be up to the task now for to win? I don't know. Let's say we need to win like maybe eight games of the of the remaining, right? Or eight or nine. Like, will we be able to do that? Uh, because it's not the same as the league, the the league kind of format. Like I keep saying, it's like these are like you just get two games and then another month, two games and then in March, two games, and, and you just have to be ready for these one-on-one kind of battles and tactical um, setups. So let's see. I mean, I think Argentina's a really good test, like you said, but I think the, for me, I'm really interested in the Bolivia game. Like, what are we going to do against Bolivia? We can't afford to draw like we did last time. We can't afford to draw like we, we did against Peru. So we have to we have to go out there, and I think that's going to be the real statement. And, and Maria, obviously, you know, you're someone that obviously we've had – you know, during this this time as as co-host here, that you've always been critical of our managers, that you've always even been critical of our players. And I think one of the things that you've always said was that Paraguay needed to go back to their roots, in this case, a Paraguayan manager. They haven't done that this time, but they were able to get someone that is familiar. Like like I mentioned beforehand, he's managed at Guarani, Olimpia Libertad, eight titles and three clubs in a span of, I think, seven years, something like that. So this that's an incredible track record. And so I, I think more than anything, it, it, there has to be some sort of hope in this case. Like, yes, I think people will obviously be pessimistic with this side because of results and whatnot. But I think like even Ralph had said, like, yes, I think the Bolivia game will definitely be, be a game where you have to be at your very best. And if you chose that capacity of how you are as a manager and what you show to your players. But I even think with this game against Argentina, I mean, there's a lot to play here. Again, like I said, world champions, Copa America champions. They haven't lost in, I think they only lost one game in three years. They still have Lionel Messi. It's in Buenos Aires. And of course, the coach is Argentine. So you have all of that boiling in and you would think, you know, why not? Why not? That kind of new manager bounce. You see that sometimes with, with teams that they just have like a new switch on when they get something that I, I we'll, we'll get into predictions later on. But I just don't understand how maybe Paraguay can just go to this game and think, hey, guys, look, we're a new team. We want to show that we can go and compete and let's take the game. Let's and we and Libertad and in his time at Libertad and Olympia and Guarani has shown that they like to take the games. They don't like to be conservative and track back. I think in this case. They want to go and, who knows, snatch a result over there in, in Argentina. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think this is one of the games that you're probably not going to win it. But you, like you said, you want to go there and you want to show everyone, look, we're competitive. Look, we can play against, uh, you know, the world champions and and make a game, a good game out of it and, and give them something to talk about. Um, you might you might get some kind of a result, uh, maybe like a draw, um, but I we I don't think we are expecting a a win. Uh, what we do want to show, like I said, is just that that we are back in the game, that we can do this. You know, show I guess the, the our next opponents like Bolivia that hey we're not a weak team anymore. Uh, we can do this, and we're gonna give Argentina a really good game that 
you know, uh, they don't, they, that they won't have to, uh, that they won't, that they won't, you know, walk all over us. So yeah, it's uh, definitely a lot of expectations uh, in the sense of, of moral and in the sense of, uh, you know, we have a new coach, we want to show what, what he's capable of. He wants to show what he's capable of in a national uh, team. You know, he's done it. He's shown up. He's shown what he's capable of with uh, clubs, with, uh, um, you know, Paraguayan clubs. He's won titles. He's He's been in, in different Paraguayan clubs. But now it's a different, you know, task. It's a different responsibility having to do with the national team. And, yeah, I'm not, not too mad about uh, this choice. Um, out of all the choices, I think they – they had uh they they made a good decision to to hire Gardnero because like I said like you guys said as well um he has experience in in this um in, in this country and I think that's what we needed we needed someone that knows our capabilities that knows our players which is the most important part and knows our culture so that's all I think that we needed, um, a, a morale boost. And I think, and I feel like the players um, understand this, that uh, after what they went through, even though it was only two games, it, they're coming back and they're going to they're gonna give their all because, look, they had to go to a new coach, fire, you know, Skeloto, for, for, for this to happen. And, and I, I, I don't think they want to waste that whole situation and and you know just show off what what they can really do because i i do believe in this team i i think that that we are more capable uh uh of than than what we've been doing we just haven't been able to to give all of our all in a sense yeah and, and of course that's that's all going to go down to these players which i'll mention right now as fed had mentioned you know some of the players and i'll give you the list at the moment for those that don't know for goalkeepers, it's kind of the same names. Carlos Coronel of the New York Red Bulls is back. Santiago Rojas and Juan Espinola. So those are three names that are going to be in there. For the defenders, you see a mix. You see the same some of the same names. Gustavo Gomez, Junior Alonso, Fabio Lanuena, Robert Rojas, Omar Derete. Then you have some new names. You have Santiago Arzamendia, who is back. You have Alberto Espinola, someone who had played at Cedro for some time and was even the starting right back. For Paraguay, he's playing right now in Colón in Santa Fe in Argentina. He's back. And then the following, Mateo Gamarra, Ivan Ramírez, and Matias Espinosa. In the midfield, you have obviously the main guy, Miguel Miron, back on the squad, Richard Sanchez, Matias Villasanti, Kaku Romero, Matias Rojas, Brian Ojeda, and Matias Galarza. And some three new names from Paraguay. You have Alf uh, Alvaro Campuzano, someone who's had a really good time at, uh, at Libertad. And two surprises. Two surprises. The first one is the return of Gaston Jimenez. Gaston Jimenez, obviously, is someone that was very, very poor under the Verizo era, had a lot of criticism, and hasn't been called back since. I don't think he even got called once during the, the Barros-Galoto reign. He is back. He's, he's doing well at Chicago Fire. They're going to make the playoffs in MLS. And Damien Bovadilla, the 22-year-old, he's making his first ever call-up from Cerro Bordeño, a, a really a wild card. No one had expected this name to come in. And the forwards, the ones that are getting the most talking points. Uh, obviously, Gabriel Avalos and Ramon Sosa are the two names that were there last time. Uh, obviously, Ramon Sosa was someone that kind of became the the X factor, was the one that everyone talked about because of his performances in the two games. But we have three names, three new names, guys. Antonio Sanabria. Tony Sanabria is back. You know, there had been some discussion about whether or not he should even play. 
for the national team anymore. He didn't appear a lot during the Barros-Geloto realm. He is back. I think this is a good thing for him, given his form at Torino. You have also Adam Barreiro. Adam Barreiro, someone that has been really been talked about as someone who has not been called up. This is his first ever call up, or at least, you know, he'd make his debut if he does a fantastic form at San Lorenzo at the moment. And Hector Villalba, Tito Villalba, the, the player that has been kind of really standing out in, in Libertad. I think he's the player with the most assists in all of Paraguayan players for this year. So this is, this is Fede, I think, a, a list. And, you know, unfortunately, we do have some injuries that won't be able to make this the squad, you have the inclusion of Andres Cubas, you know, a player that, you know, was really good in the first um, first few games in the um, in the last in last month in the qualifiers. He's not there due to injury. No Christian Paredes as well and no Diego Gomez. So those three names will not be there for the call ups uh, for the games against Argentina and Bolivia. But honestly, I think it's a really good sign. I, I really like, and for the first time I say that in a while, and yeah, obviously injuries happen, like even within CISO who actually traveled to Paraguay because he was pictured with the team there. It's kind of a, a morale boost, which I think is fantastic because I think you need that. But I, I generally don't have any issues with this squad, you know, for, for the first test, or I guess of, of Dani Ganero's, you know, qualifications as a manager for this team. I think he passed the first one in calling up the the right players and especially some names that a lot of people had asked for to to be on the squad. Yeah, Maria mentioned it several times. Ralph also did. And it's a different job. It's not the same thing managing an everyday-to-day squad than having just to pick the players, especially when you have all these alternatives, all these problems with the injured players, especially players that you had already picked. And you thought that we're probably going to start on your team, like Diego Gomez, like Cristian Paredes. I thought these players were going to be important. I, I thought that, you know, Garnero was already planning the game, was already imagining the game with these players on the pitch. But, uh, yeah, th- this is part of the of the national team life or the everyday, I would even say. These, these are problems that he's going to have with many, many players. I mean, we all wanted Julio and Cesar to be here for these games during the last uh, couple of months, but Julio's not here for the games. He's here with the team. He's here with the players. It's great to see him there with the squad. I think nobody knows him better than Garnero. That's why he was probably invited there. Uh, if it was another coach, I don't know if he was going to get that call, but it's, since it's Garnero, you know, everyone that, that that was in Libertad or had an opportunity uh, once uh, under his wing probably has, uh, you know, the, the key now to, to Ipané, which is where they practice. Uh, I think a lot of players that were that that he that he managed at at a time have even probably an advantage over others, especially for these first four games. Ralph talked about the calendar, and if you see the calendar right now, you have these four games at, at the rest of the year, and then you don't have anything at the beginning of next year. You have Copa America, so then you have like a month to really work, probably on the base of players that you really want gonna used during the whole process because he's going to be here doing the whole process. So right now, you got to take the emergency away. You, you got to look for players that you know that are going to respond. You, you got to look at players that you know that are are going to do well. And in that sense, I'm kind of surprised with Gaston Jimenez, to be honest with you guys. And right away, I, I remember I, I wrote uh, on the group chat, uh, has anyone seen Gaston Jimenez lately? Because, you know, ever since he left, Paraguay, or ever since he left the national team, nobody even wanted to mention his name here. I mean, even play, even people here. I mean, I, I don't want to say anything bad about him because I don't. Uh, it's it's not up to me. But you know, people were taunting him, people were trolling him here. I mean, 
hey, you're the Son Jimenez when you had a bad game. I mean, people were saying that those kind of things here in, in Paraguay because he really did not do well. And he didn't show up where, where a lot of people thought that he was going to show up like a, like a playmaker, like, like you were seeing from Kaku Gamarra lately uh, on the team. Um, I don't know, just to compare a, a player that was also nationalized or was born in Argentina, but now plays for the Paraguayan team because of a, of a family relative. So you, you have those players, the players that are coming back, and Gaston probably got the call because of the injuries. He was probably not going to be here. The same with Damian Bovadilla, who's just 20 years old. Uh, he gets his first call up. It's probably great for him, great inspirational uh, moment for him, but uh, he shouldn't be there. I mean, if, if other players were available, he was probably not going to be called up. And I'm happy with Adam Barreiro. I'm happy with Tito Villalba because these are players that I think have been on fire these last season. And I think we need to take advantage of that. We need players that can bring that fire to the squad. We need players that can take the challenge of going up against Argentina and not caring that they were going to play against the world champion. They want to show up in those kind of games. That's the attitude I want to see in, in this game against Argentina. And Tony Sanabria, I'm going to leave that to Maria, uh, but is he back for good? Or he is he back just for these games? Is he back just to see if if the if the mood is right? If they're gonna use him now? Because uh, if he's subbing if he's subbing the first game, he's gonna get angry again, and he's not gonna come back. I mean, that's the big question around some of these players. Also, Roberto, it's a new process. It's a new manager, but we know these players. We know some of these guys, and they haven't shown the compromise. They haven't shown what what people want to see from them, especially on on the pitch. What do you want to say, Maria? Say something about Tony, please. Um, to, not, yeah, I mean, like, I, I think as well. Sure, yeah, I'm not too sure about uh, his um, attitude or, you know, his, his form right now, but I'm definitely sure of his new haircut and, you know, his new look. So we'll see something <laughs> yellow running around. <laughs> he, he, looks like a, he looks like a mature Beckham now. Have you seen him, Maria? He looks like a more mature uh, Beckham now. I know, I know. I, I'm kind of digging it. So we'll see. Maybe that helps him in in in, in the playing field. <laughs> I mean, I was I was gonna add one of the players that I think we're really missing is is Kubas that you guys were saying. In terms of like MLS stats, he's I think he's second in interceptions in the for midfielders in the MLS. He's been like he's been having a great season. The closest Paraguayan player. Looking at those same stats, it's actually Ojeda, which is interesting. So Brian Ojeda being called up, maybe we start to see him play. Because remember, he broke through with Garnero. He, they know each other from Olympia. He gave him his chance there. So he's a player he likes. He has Campusano in there, but I think Campusano is going to maybe be used more if he plays will be against Bolivia because Campusano is a great player in terms of moving the ball around, very technical. But I don't know if we'd want him there against, uh, against Argentina. And then I think the big question talking about Sanabria is, do you play Sanabria who's not on good form? Because Sanabria, because he tried to get the move away from Torino in the summer, Torino haven't used him much. I think he's just appearing now and again off the bench. Last season, of course, he was starting and he was scoring lots of goals. But maybe this has come, maybe, you know, like a few months too late in a way. Whereas you have Adam Barreiro, who's on great form. And for me, Adam Barreiro is one of those players by the way, he's the brother of Freddy Barreiro, who we've interviewed on here. So if anybody wants to check out that interview, you can go there. He's a he's a younger brother. 
But Adam's always been like ridiculously confident. That's always been his thing to the point that it frustrated people a lot because, you know, sometimes he should pass the ball and he doesn't. He wants to dribble past everybody. But I wonder if that's the better player to have in this game against Argentina who won't be afraid to be in the Monumental with 85,000 people. He won't be afraid that they're facing the world champions. He he's going in with no doubts. Whereas Sanabria, as we just talked about, I think sometimes his mentality is he's not always 100%. Um, because of different things going kind of on around with him. So I'm really interested to see where they go with that because I think it's between those two. I think it's going to be either Barreiro or, or Sanabria that gets a kind of leading role there. I think it's it's an interesting question to really have because I think you also have these issues, not issues, but also with these things with, like you said, there are a lot of these players who are Argentine-born. We had mentioned Gazzoni Jimenez, but also Caco Romero, Tito Villalba. You know, there, there is that special feeling of playing for a different national team that isn't the country of birth that kind of, in a sense, rejected you. I'm not saying that, obviously, in a sense of, of like, cruelty, but it's true. Like, you know, they, you decided to play for a different team, and now you're playing against the country that essentially made your career. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how these guys deal with it, especially... Like you said, Kaku Romero, who is someone that usually on his day always performs to the levels of what he is given when he's on the, the pitch, you know. And, you know, I, I think that's going to be a, a very interesting part. Like, how does this happen? How how will this be judged? And I think, you know, Ralph, going to you on this one, I think the main name that everyone is going to be focused on, even in Argentina, is Miguel Miron. You know, someone that has obviously didn't perform to the extents that we wanted to see last month, then come this month scores in the Champions League against PSG, man of the match as well, and scoring goals, of course, for a Newcastle side. And I think he scored, what, three goals so far for Newcastle uh, this season. So it's a, it's a good start for him as Newcastle continue to judge around different competitions. But that's always been the big question. When will we see this Almiron, which we've seen him obviously score some really good goals from outside the box, obviously scoring against some of the best goalkeepers in the world, like we saw with Donnarumma. So I think this is the case for him now to really step it up. And, you know, there, there had been some talks about whether or not he should even start. I, I disagree. I think irregardless of his his form, he's still a, a top player that should play week in and week out uh, for Paraguay if given the chance. But there are it's going to be a huge target on his back if he doesn't perform because it's it's been a while since he's been able to really showcase his talents. And if, if I mean against Argentina, yeah, maybe an exception could be made, but it's Bolivia. He has to get it from the get go, honestly. Yeah, although I would I would say I'd be more comfortable with Almiron against Argentina. He always plays quite well against them, mainly because they're going to leave in space in behind, and that's that's always been Almiron's space uh, strength. Sorry, running into the space and and you know when he has kind of. The defense, he's like going past them rather than than a team playing with a low block. So I'm just trying to remember the game, the last game against Argentina. Obviously, he got given that really defensive role by Berriso and he was doing so much kind of ball recovery. But he's good at that too. So I mean, that's that's not necessarily an an issue. But I think in the Argentina game, he'll he'll have even more space and and maybe more chances against Bolivia. When you said if he shouldn't be in the lineup, yeah, I guess the question now is coming. There's two. There's kind of two questions. One is, well, Tito Vialba is playing so well, so he can perform a similar role. Um, but then also you have Caco uh, Romero is a different type of player, but then he operates in the same space. So I think it's, fine, it's hard to kind of find those two playing together. So that's maybe where you're, where you're thinking of 
who would play if, if Almiron doesn't. But I'm I'm with you there. I think he should definitely start definitely again in this game against Argentina because he has the capability on the break to really do some damage. Um, the question is, yeah, can he finally get a goal? He has very few goals with Paraguay. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it, it's I seven think and the, seven and fifty one. Seven and fifty one. Uh, seven and fifty one, and I think one in qualifiers, maybe the one against Ecuador. I'm, I'm trying to think. Correct. Of Correct. Yeah. yeah, that's right. But this is the thing. Like, can he score in the qualifiers away from home, which he's yet to do? Although, can Paraguay score a goal? Because that's what we've been struggling to do. So it's uh, there's a there's a lot at stake. But I think an Almirón, especially, I would definitely have him in that that game against Argentina. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not waiting for Miguel Miró to score that much, just because along his career he hasn't been a top scorer. But I mean, maybe make a more a couple more assists on that stat sheet and uh, and more plays from him, especially uh, those plays where where he makes the difference, like we saw from Ramon Sosa several times against Peru. I mean, a lot of people were shocked because of that, because Ramon Sosa kind of outshined the Premier League player that everybody has been waiting. For him, from him to be the star of this team, and he has never been that star. So, I don't know. You even we even saw with Celoto, they brought him in because he knew Gustavo Gomez very well because he managed at a certain time. Also, Miguel Almiron. That's not going to be the situation with this new coach, with Daniel Garnero, who is bringing in also Tito Villalba, who plays in that same place. I don't know if he wants to bring in competition for Almiron. But what Roberto was saying is very true. A lot of journalists, a lot of people here are saying, hey, we should maybe sit Amiron down for a couple games, try with another player, see if maybe that brings up his level in the national team or takes some sort of pressure from him because he hasn't done well with that pressure. And uh, Garnero's going to have to do something about this just to, to bring out the best Miguel Amiron in the national team, which we're still waiting for, Roberto. We waited for... In the last process, we waited. Uh, we waited in these last first two games, and he didn't show up. He had several opportunities to score, especially against Peru, and he didn't score. So, uh, yeah, I'm waiting for more assists from him, especially than than goals, to be honest. But he, I, I totally agree with Ralph. I think he's gonna have those phases against Argentina. He's gonna show that speed. He's gonna show that Premier League style. Uh, he he that the, the monumental I think is going to help him. That ground is just perfect for his kind of playing style. So I, I think we're going to see several plays, long runs from him against Argentina. Yeah, um, I think that with um with Almiron, maybe he hasn't deserved it to be you know a starter or even you know uh playing for for quite some time now. You know he hasn't shown or what he's capable of like like you guys said we're still waiting for him to make goals to to make some kind of move um and you just don't see that kind of energy that he puts in Newcastle you don't see it in our in our international team and why is that we don't really know maybe there's a lack of motivation there something is off you know in 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 the field for him maybe he doesn't have the connection with the with the players with the team but um it's true what a lot of people are saying a lot of journalists maybe it's time to put him aside for now see what else works best um uh, because we can't just keep on waiting on someone that's not giving us what we really want you know at some point you're going to have to make decisions and you're going to have to 
uh, make changes and 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 you know this this is what um Garnero has to take into consideration so um yeah with with Almiron um I'm sure he's gonna start with the Argentina game because this is a big game uh, but for Bolivia, probably, you know, the, the game that we do expect to win, uh, we need someone to actually score. And uh, as of right now, that's not Almiron. I think it's it's going to be very interesting to see how it goes. And even for some other players, like you said, a lot of these players haven't stepped up to the ability. Gustavo Gomez, who, you know, rightly so, did very well in the first two games last month. I think he's also someone where, you know, we all expect him to to be that kind of player that he is at Palmeiras. You know, the same thing goes with some other players that have been here for quite some time and have performed at club level, but just haven't been able to do it on the national team. So it's a lot of pressure on these guys, not just uh, obviously Almiron being the main guy at the Premier League playing in the best league. Yeah, he's obviously going to be the one with most pressure beyond anyone else, but you still got the captain. You still got a lot of these players that are there. So I think this opportunity in Fede, I mean, you know, you, you look in this kind of, situation if they can perform to the extent that they can against Argentina and it does it doesn't take a lot to convince us to be honest like look we, we are a we are a likable bunch and look if we win hell yeah then that's great but you know it's all about bringing in that effort and yes as Ralph had mentioned score that's been one of the main issues that we've had they haven't been scoring and we need to get it from somewhere I don't think it's going to be a pretty match, guys. I don't know what you guys are thinking. I'm not expecting a pretty match. I'm not expecting for Paraguay to be elegant with the ball. I'm actually expecting a kind of a match like we talked with with with, with Santi Bausa, who who previewed and 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 was with us uh, uh, just just a day ago. You guys can you guys can hear that that episode also. But uh, I'm expecting a brawl out there. I'm expecting some kind of fight. I'm expecting those those. Those those games maybe from the nineties, you know, you know, we, we got to make them uncomfortable. I mean, they're the world champions. We're the ones that are going there. They are pretty much on vacation. I was looking at the at the images of them going to going to Argentina. People were going crazy in the airport, uh, and these guys were were they looked like they were going on vacations. They 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 got the pressure off their shoulders. They they're on a different level right now, and we're the ones that have that pressure. So I want to see the fight. From Paraguay, I want to see Paraguay play this game like it's a final, even though it's the first game. And it's probably going to be very different, this lineup that Garnero is going to put from the one that we're going to see in a couple of months. I think there's going to be a lot of strategy behind this lineup, behind this game in particular, because, yeah, you're going up against probably the best team in South America. Well, the results show it. It's not Brazil right now. It's Argentina, the team to beat in South America. I mean, best team in the world, rightly so. I mean, like I, like I said, only one loss in three years. Uh, it's it's an it's an incredible form that they've been in, and yeah, I mean, like hell, heck, if you're gonna if we're gonna be the team that does it, we might as well do it because, like you said, if they're a side that is on a high, it has to go down someday. You know, they can't always be on that high, and I think it'd be nice to to beat them, especially because, and we'll get into the historical factor in a bit. Um, you know, we have been able to beat them. This isn't something that it's impossible to do. No, it can be done, and these games that we've had always with them have always been tough historical rivals for a reason. Looking at the stats real quick, I wanted to go into that. Uh, the Argentina record is relatively, it's a actually a decent one for an away form. You know, 10 games, one win, three losses, but six draws. You know, only two losses in Buenos Aires, in Argentina, in the last 50 years. That's an incredible form for a team that, you know, isn't exactly one of the big giants. You know, even teams like 
like Brazil haven't been able to get a good record like that or even other teams in South America. So I expect a really tight game, and I guess we can go into the predictions real quick. I'll go to Ralph on this one. Big game, obviously, back at the Monumental. They actually have a really decent record. You know, the last time that they played was in Buenos Aires, but it was in La Bombonera. Before that, it was in Córdoba, where they got those wins, um, the historic first-ever win in Argentina. But before that, draw, 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 and draw. So, yeah, I mean, this, this, I, I honestly, like, I think it wouldn't be out of the question to, to rule a same result for that. But floor is yours. How do you see this game between Argentina and, Par- uh, and Paraguay in Buenos Aires? I definitely think it's going to be a very tight game. I, got, I can't really see, even though I do have my doubts about Garnero, I, I don't think he's going to go all out attack against against the world champions. So I think we're going to have a very tight game. Is in Paraguay's favor to kind of break it up and make it difficult. One thing I one thing I do feel where we struggle a bit is, and this is where we struggled in the game in the Bombonero was against uh, DePaul. When DePaul came on, if you remember, he comes on as a sub. That really changed the game. And he he has the physicality that kind of match Paraguay. And, and that's where we found things difficult. We're going to rely, I think, a lot on Santi as somebody to try and break up the play. And everything points to a very scrappy game. I think, I think I'll say maybe it'll be a nil-nil draw. And we still won't get our goal, but we'll get away with a point. Maria, I mean, this 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 is the game everyone is looking for. They have it circled on their on their calendars. Like players tend to step it up. Do you f- agree with Ralph's assessment? Do you are you a bit more positive, or a bit more negative? What says you? No, I'm I'm I go with uh with what Ralph's saying. Uh, I think a nil nil draw will be a win for us. Um, I think everyone's also expecting, uh, you know, for us to lose badly. You know, Paraguay who hasn't been doing so good versus the world champions. So yeah, um, I think what they need to show here, like I said earlier, is courage and a better morale than they did the last time around. So yeah, nil nil. Fede, I mean, this is also a special game for you because you have your Argentine connections <laughs> there. You you have that kind of route. So you know better than all of us here what it's like to to play in Argentina, that kind of mindset, even for them, as much as obviously they've won all these kind of games, they respect us. Santi even said, you know, they consider us our bogey team. So there is that level of respect. But for them, they always want to win every game. And we want to cause that surprise. What says you for that game at the Monumental on Thursday? Yeah, that, that, that part that you said, it's true. It, it's very in my house, the game. Yeah, the, the group chat, the family group chat is going off this week. It happens with a lot of people here in Paraguay, right? We're very close to Argentina, so a lot of families here, actually. And vice versa. With... And vice versa as well, Paraguayans that live in Argentina. Yeah, it, it is a very fam- family thing here. Even in the house, uh, the, the, the phone goes off all the time because, yeah, we got the group chat going on. I, I have Argentinian family members. Just like everybody does, or a lot of people do, actually here in Paraguay. Same, same with with Paraguayans that live in Argentina. They're probably gonna live it in a special way. So I'm really looking forward to this match because it's the world champion. They are the best team, like I said before, in South America. They are the team to beat. I would love it if we are the team to do that. I don't think we have enough right now. That's why we changed the coach. We don't have a starting team. Uh, um, I, I think. Garnero is going to have a good strategy in the first half, but it's going to break away. It's going to break out in the second half, and Argentina are going to come out of it, maybe with a free kick from Messi or an individual play, something like that. I, I'm just imagining the game from that point of view. I hope Alan Barreto is the MVP 
But to be honest, I'm going to dream with Gaston Jimenez from here till Thursday because that's the name that I was not waiting for. So it's on Carneno's shoulder for Gaston Jimenez to be the MVP against Argentina. Says you. What, what's your score prediction in this one? You got to gotta get one, a good score on this one. Yeah. Argentina 1-0. They're barely going to win. Ah, it's tough. It really is tough. I mean, like, there there are a lot of things, but I, I am a fan of history. I, I do feel like these guys will step it up when it needs to. Um, I will say, and, you know, all you guys are saying zero goals, nil-nils, one-nil losses. I think we break that. I think we're going to break it. I think we score first. I think we're going to score somehow off a, a set piece or something, some really good lead that would allow us all to dream of a possible historic result yet again. But like Featherhead mentioned, I think Argentina do break through in the second half from somewhere, maybe from Messi, Garnacho, whoever it may be. But I think ultimately Paraguay leave Buenos Aires with a point. 1-1 draw for me, uh, which I think would be a, like Maria mentioned, a win for us. But a team that we have bigger obligations to beat, and I'm going to go to Fede on this one first, is Bolivia. The last time we played against these guys, it was a 2-2 draw, really disappointing results. You know, we had gone into this record with a perfect 100% record. We had won every single game against Bolivia in at a, in a home World Cup qualifier, and our first points were dropped in 2020 in that 2-2 draw. I don't think, personally, the Lightning will strike twice again for Bolivia, but what are your thoughts for this game uh, against uh, La Verde? Against a manager who obviously has also managed in Paraguay before, Gustavo Costas. He is familiar with these guys. He's familiar with Dani Gainero. They faced each other multiple times as well. So what says you? Out of the games that I saw in those first two matches, out of all the teams in South America, they are the worst team. They do not look prepared for these qualifiers. We have to beat them any way we can. And I think it's going to be like a 3-1, maybe a 2-0, something like that. I think it's going to be a 3-1. I'm going to go with a 3-1. Obviously, of course, as as you should. Like it's uh, Ralph. I mean, personally, I think he, I think Arnero is going to be more under pressure for that game rather than Argentina because I think we have the obligation to win and we need to score. What says you for this game against Bolivia? Yeah, but Bolivia is in crisis. I mean, that the league is suspended at the moment because of betting allegations, and the, like Fede says, the team just haven't really looked kind of up for it, even in the game in it, it, that they played in La Paz, they, they didn't really seem to be that strong. So I really think we can win and win quite comfortably. I remember the, I think it was a Copa America game. We we won about 4-0. So I'm going to go for 4-0. Maria, I mean, you know, they have Marcelo Martins Moreno. They, 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 he's played in Paraguay before. He knows some of these guys, like I said. But I, I just, I, I can't see them getting anything out of this one. I think what we saw a few years ago was just a fluke result, you know, Shot in the dark, a strike of lightning, you know, one in a million. I don't see this happening again, honestly. What says you? I think uh, I think we're definitely winning. I'm not sure if we're going to see a lot of goals, Um, like uh, Ralph is saying, 4-0. Uh, but, yes, I do think it might be 2-0. Um, uh, definitely goals from us, no goals from Bolivia. So, yeah, a win for us. This is a poor Bolivia side. I still think they have a fun, they find a way to score, but but I think we do uh, are in agreement and say that Paraguay will pick up their three points and they put them in a good position to to go into the qualifying process, still in the fight for it. I'm gonna say three one Paraguay, three one Paraguay over there, and yeah, four points out of two games, and that would be five points out of four games, which is a 
it's a decent result. We have to see what happens in other in the other South American countries where some teams maybe have to do some favors for us to be in a better position. But I think if they can snatch a win and then obviously some sort of point in Buenos Aires, I think that's all you can ask for. And I think it's a perfect good step for Gani Garnero's uh, time here as the national team manager. So really looking forward to it. I can't wait to to speak about it afterwards uh, next week when we preview uh, sorry, when we review these games and obviously next month with the next qualifiers to close out the year, as we always do here at Guanani Vision for myself, Roberto Rojas, Fede Perez, Maria Britos, and Raul Hanna. Thank you so much for listening in. See you soon.